This is a Chronicle podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine. From the Chronicle podcast system, this is the NPC podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress for April 12, 2023. The NPC podcast is where we discuss and consider the purpose, process and people of the pharma industry, and today, we'll continue the healthcare conversation. This program is presented in cooperation with Impress, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. The industry is rapidly evolving, and Impress is designed to help you evolve with it. Learn more about Impress tailored best-in-class solutions at www.impress.com. Our guest today is Anastasia Litt. She is co-founder of Techforus, a health technology consultancy in Dubai. She will join your hosts, Jim, Mark, and Mitch. And to start today's conversation, here's Mitch Shannon, CEO of Chronicle Companies. Welcome back to the NPC podcast from the National Pharmaceutical Congress. I'm your podcast co-host, Mitch Shannon up here in our historic podcast, Gondola, which dates all the way back to that historical period, CIRSA 2020, long before the metaverse and long before open AI. We're joined in the gondola by Mark McElwain, the pharmaceutical industry consultant and life sciences expert. So Mark, speaking of AI, have you had much of an opportunity to do a test drive on ChatGPT, put it through its paces? Well, sure. Hasn't everybody? And You know, I admit I was pretty impressed the first time it spit out a draft in five seconds. The trouble is, on reading it carefully, the draft was pretty trite, not always accurate. Someone said it reads like a C-minus high school essay. So, you know, I think we'll keep our jobs for now. (laughs) C's get degrees. Yeah, being trite and obvious is what we're all about. Speak for yourself, Mitch. All right, I am speaking for myself. Yes, With us again in the gondola is someone often described as keenly astute, and that would be James Shea, General Manager at the Council for Continuing Pharmaceutical Education in Montreal. So Jim, baseball season, so far we've managed not to talk about AI in our conversations, but I guess that ends now. Where do you stand on AI and pharma detailing for it or again it? Oof, geez, probably more like again it, you know, until AI can decipher the room and the mood and the nonverbal cues and master appropriate questioning and deep listening skills and put it all into a meaningful conversation. Not going to happen, I don't think. And rep physician interactions are certainly a process, but the variables are too complicated, at least for me to model. And I think the best reps will disappear. And this might be the statement that catches certain ears is as the physicians uh, tend to disappear. So who should really be concerned? It might actually be when they start removing the physicians from the equation. EQ, baby. It's all about the EQ. So we are your non-AI, all-too-human podcast hosts known as Jim, Mark, and Mitch, because all the AI-generated brand names have already been taken, snapped up, as it were such as Ask Jeeves, GeoCities, and America Online Canada. Joining us today from Dubai, United Arab Emirates, is Anastasia Litt, co-founder of the organization TechFaris. Welcome to the podcast, Anastasia. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. And I would like to say hello to your listeners. So let's see. Like I believe that we are witnessing a revolution today with joining like ChatGPT in our life as well as other 
technologies as Yama is on our way. Yeah. <laughs> also, I welcome your listeners to read our advanced healthcare magazine where we track different advanced technologies. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've read that magazine carefully, and I must say, you've really done a nice job with that, including tracking some Canadian companies that our listeners may not be familiar with. But let's talk about your organization in Dubai. Tell our listeners a bit more, and your listeners too, a bit more about the company and what Tech Forest is all about. Sure. Thank you for asking. So Tech Forest is a research and consulting company as well as bespoke media devoting to bring light on the house tech we see and business world. We are based in Dubai, so we also provide business and marketing analytics, investorations and proprietary analytics for the startups and pharma companies willing to launch their business in the GCC region including UAE, Saudi Arabia, and some other Gulf countries. And at the same time, we also deep dive into other markets like Canadian one. And as I mentioned before, we have our fragment project, which is called Advanced Healthcare Magazine. It's open access magazine where we're tracking advanced technologies, including healthcare AI. Anastasia, it's Mark. So what kind of health-related AI projects have you seen under development? And what impact do you think they might have? Oh, that's beautiful questions. I could say that AI related to healthcare has been a lot for the recent years, like we have been using it for past five or seven years. First of all, there are some major trends, for example, early cancer detection using machine learning algorithms to analyze medical images such as mammograms and MRI scans. Then personalized medicine, where AI algorithms help doctors tailor treatments to individual patients based on their genetic makeup, medical history, and other factors, as well as drug discovery and development, where AI is being already widely used to speed up the discovery of new drugs and therapies. As you know, in traditional ways, you need to waste like 12 years on finding a new drug, and with AI, you can speed up like to two, three years. So you analyze large amounts of data and identify potential candidates for further research using AI and drug discovery. Medical robotics, such as surgical robots, which has also been used to assist surgeons and during complex procedures, increasing precision and reducing the risk of complications. Remote monitoring and telemedicine, where AI-powered devices and software are used to monitor patients from a distance allowing for more frequent check-ins and reducing the need for in-person visits. And, of course, virtual assistants and chatbots, which are used more and penetrating more the technology using ChatGPT. That's quite a list. Yeah, buckle up, I guess. So let's talk, maybe look at inside the companies. And I'm just wondering how you see AI transforming the way businesses operate in the near future. and you know, whether that affects the role of investors in this transformation. Yeah, of course, like we can see there is a lot of hype among investors in using AI. And if you can say that you implement ChatGPT or whatever AI technologies in your startup, it's in fashion, I could say. But we can say that the AI revolution in healthcare is a mitment and open AI ChatGPT serves as prime example of how AI is transforming the labor ecosystem. We are witnessing a surge of using robotics and surgery, computer vision to identify skin diseases and lung cancer, and telemedicine that enables to access the personal physicians from anywhere in the world. Also, there are still many questions about the impact of AI on future jobs and ethical consideration. We expect mass implementation of these technologies in the healthcare industry within the next three, five years. 
And in terms of investments in the VC climate in general, there is a lot of passion about AI today. But speaking about, for example, GCC region, it's still more in traditional way where investors tend to invest in something they knew before. But we can see that there are many shifts nowadays because everyone loves to be in trend and in fashion. Wow. It's Jim Shea here. Very interesting. Things seem to be moving so quickly, speed of life, warp speed, whatever you want to call it. And let's look into your own organization itself. How are you managing the business development and the project management right now in this field called AI? And what strategies are you using to stay, quite frankly, ahead of a curve that's just moving so quickly? Yes, it's quite tremendous today. Like we are UAE based. So it means that we do understand the trends and the healthcare industry in the region. And today the GCC region is experiencing geopolitical shifts with many highly skilled professionals from all over the world expanding to new markets and looking for investments. And of course, relocating here as well as some interesting startups. And also we are taking into account that UAE is an English speaking country. So it is attracting startups. Uh, here is a healthcare system is an ideal launchpad for companies aiming to penetrate the Western markets. We use the same technologies as uh, electronic medical record, for example, in the hospitals. So in this case, we always invite startups to make their MVP here and try to start and start the market. Also, Abu Dhabi and every yard are also actively pursuing the view to attract these businesses and integrate them like their healthcare systems. Uh, so big tech and pharma companies are already bringing their products, R&D and logistics to the region. So we can say that our company Techfarus is at the epicenter of these movements, enabling us to stay ahead of the latest trends and to identify the promising technologies and companies to invest in. Well, you're talking a lot about investment and you know, for the average Joe out there, this might actually be a generational opportunity. People talk about, you know, the 90s with the apples and whatever, and, and now we're looking at AI. For the average person who might think that they're, you know, behind the curve on opportunities to invest in this amazing area, what are some of the factors that you consider when assessing the potential value of an investment opportunity related to AI in healthcare? Like in my opinion, the key factor is validation. So using AI, the startup can easily design an MVP and validate its idea. And of course, it can boost the valuation of the startup. So it helps a lot to attract investments. And nowadays, there are many opportunities for startups to validate their concepts. And big tech and pharma companies are offering accelerators, access to their platform technologies and big data that we need when we talk about AI and healthcare. And of course, we can even make collaboration with existing hospitals and clinics, and that helps a lot. And by successfully validating their ideas, startups can secure funding, partnership, and more. But at the same time, I could see two major obstacles. Uh, the first one is big data, because when we design a drug or when we design a technology, we need to understand which big data we are using. Are we using the big data only, for example, of Canadian patients? Then your drug is only available for the Canadian market. So in this case, we need to find ways to get data, for example, of Asian patients or Latin American patients and so on. So it's a big challenge nowadays. And one more is that software and AI technology are very rapidly developing. 
especially in strategic alliances with big tech. And sometimes we don't have enough legal base for using these technologies. Sometimes we need to understand, can we use the IP created by patients or doctors? Can we use the videos to use this big data? For example, there was an interesting startup. It's called Da Vinci Robot by Intuitive Surgical. It used videos of surgeons making their operations, and the surgeons, they didn't like it at all because, of course, they're afraid to lose their job, and they made, as far as I know, a lawsuit against the company because it's like their IP, like the way they operation. And can you use these videos? So this is an obstacle for today. Well, I'm loving this conversation. I think you introduced the ethnic component to data as well. And I mean, that's really another discussion that we'll have to have at some point, as well as cultural competence and things like that. But for the moment, you're listening to AL on AI. That's Anastasia Litt, partner and co-founder of TechFaris here on the NPC podcast. So let me change directions for a quick minute here. As a woman in tech, what advice would you give to other women who are looking to pursue a career in AI or related fields? I could say that today we see the increase of women role in the whole world, like they become part of industry, they become part of big tech companies, VC funds, and other interesting organizations. And from my point of view, the key is collaboration and partnership. There are many societies like women in tech. They are all over the world. One of them is based in Dubai. So there you can find potential partners, people who can support you, like women or also even men who support this movement. And from this, you can find many collaborations that could help you boost your activity. And at the same time, we could see that being a part of, like, for example, women in PC movement, I could, would like to stress around 2% of women partners in women funds. And if we speak about women founders and women founder startups, most of them are founded also by women in VC. So in this case, we also like, we need to highlight that there are more women being founders, more women being VC managers, like working investment funds, and that we support each other. And by using it, we can increase the number of women and then we can collaborate with everyone. So I'm designing for now my own like, media project. I will announce it somehow later in the future to highlight the presence of women in VC. Well, that's all good news. It's Jim Shea here again. You talked a little bit about the data being an issue and maybe potential litigation and who owns data being challenges facing the implementation of AI in the life sciences industry. What are some of the other big challenges that are out there and how do you think they might be addressed? And, you know, and that balances against what the potential benefits we can expect in terms of patient outcomes and overall healthcare, I'm sure. Actually, I don't see any major challenges at the moment, despite the ones I talked before, as governments and are supporting businesses and investments are flowing into the industry. But implementing a new technology takes time and cannot happen overnight. Like, for example, AI was designed years ago, and now it's in fashion only in this year after the launch of ChatGPT. So patients are the key, and the only way to facilitate is educating healthcare specialists about current AI projects that can help speed up the process. As well as regarding the benefits of AI in healthcare, I believe that telemedicine and personalized medicine are making significant progress. And if we highlight these new startups, these new technologies, if we show other people that here they are and that you can start using it, 
then you can avoid most of the obstacles as well as we need to develop like legal tech startups that can help override this challenge with big data and IP issues. Great. Sounds like it's all about demonstrating positive impacts. So that's interesting. That's great. Anastasia, it's Mark again. So we've had an overview of the use of AI in clinical trials, but let's go into a little bit more detail. So how can AI be used to improve clinical trial design and patient recruitment for those trials? And, you know, let's get a sense as to the impact of how that would be used. First of all, it's not how can AI be used, but it is how it is used today. There are hundreds of AI companies and startups in the pharma industry that are using AI now. They're helping drug discovery companies and departments to narrow their focus when doing clinical trial and make it more precise. For example, identifying potential candidates for clinical trials. So AI can use EMR genetic data and other relevant data to identify patients who may be eligible for clinical trials. Then personalizing patient recruitment. Very interesting, especially for data. AI can analyze patient data to identify specific demographics, geographic locations, and other factors that are likely to have a higher rate of enrollment, as well as optimizing clinical trial design that AI can use predictive modeling to optimize the design of clinical trials, including the selections of endpoints, dosing, and patient populations. And as well as predicting outcomes, because AI can analyze patient data to predict the likelihood of patients responding to a specific treatment of therapy. And I could say that most cases, AI can analyze 100 parameters that you can spend like ages using this analytics, like in old-fashioned world. <laughs> old-fashioned analytics, that's good. Okay, so let's switch gears and talk about Dubai, where you are right now. And so what role do you see Dubai playing in the development and implementation of AI in the life sciences industry? What advantages does Dubai have? I could say that today here many startups are coming and the government supports a lot uh, like new initiatives and new technologies, including AI. Most of the industries that is decided like is already developing is telemedicine. Telemedicine initiatives in the UAE are set to position the country as a hub for medical tourism in the region. So the medical tourism strategy was developed and implemented by Emirates in early 2020 and was postponed due to COVID-19 pandemic and now is being relaunched. But still, I could say it was used during pandemic, especially to decrease elderly patients that had to go to doctors because they could use telemedicine and reduce in-person visits, which was very important. And now it's more widely used for medical tourism. That, For example, patients from such countries as Qatar, Oman and Jordan, they could come to UAE and they do not have to spend a lot of time saving money to go to, for example, to the USA and Canada because it's very costly for the patients. And another area of focus is the pharmaceutical industry, obviously like the region experiencing a rapid growth, especially today which is becoming an interesting market for big pharma companies, as well as from the United States and Canada. And they establish in offices in the UAE and actively involved in driving industry acceleration. Thanks. Yeah, it's very interesting. Is Jim here? 
that's, I guess, part of Dubai's look to change their economy from oil-based to intellectual-based industry. It's very interesting. So now we're starting to wind down our podcast and I invite you to play our word association game. You know, just go ahead and say the first thing or idea that comes to mind in response to each of the following phrases or words. And there's no pressure here. So first thing, artificial intelligence. Future of technology. <laughs> Chat GPT. Revolution. Investor relations. Relations that flow the economy. Business development. Growth strategy and creativity. Women in tech. Inclusion. Emerging technologies. Exciting possibilities. Innovation. Progress and advancement. United Arab Emirates. Fast moving and future. Well, what you didn't know is that we were actually giving you points for those answers. And certainly I would have to say there's a big oil tanker worth of points for that. Would you agree, gentlemen? How big an oil tanker? A big one, big one, you know, or even a fleet. Yeah, definitely better than C minus. Yes. <laughs> so Anastasia, finally, it's time to put on your soothsayer's hat and enter our prognostication corner. So in your opinion, what are some of the most promising developments in AI and life sciences that we can expect to see in the next five to 10 years? How is it going to change our world? First of all, like time is of the essence, and we've seen that the development of OpenAI company, many companies have been working on chatbots and virtual assistants for the past decade. It wasn't until 2023 when we got ChatGPT and we can use the API and not to spend time on making these chatbots. The same holds true for the life science industry. Uh, we can expect advancements such as nanorobots for blood clearance surgical robots, and virtual clinics in the near future. And as the time progresses, we can expect to see closer cooperation between big tech and life science companies. We already see the strategic alliances, and we can see that big tech companies can become big tech life science companies in the future. It is. It is. So Anastasia, it's been awesome to spend some time with you. There's just so many opportunities that are ahead of us. My head's spinning, and I'm pretty sure our listeners are experiencing the same sensation. Yeah, I'm very happy. And also, I would like to thank you and Jim and Mark for this podcast, as well as Jeremy. You're just wonderful. I need to let our listeners know that we're going to continue this conversation with you in real time on Wednesday, April 19th at 11 a.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time at the upcoming NPC webinar. The subject is Emerging Uses of AI in the Life Sciences, Threat, Opportunity, or WTF. Anastasia will be joined by two of the sharpest thinkers in Canada on this very speculative topic, and they are Patrick Massad of PAB and Dr. Jaggi Rao of the University of Alberta. Registration is free, but you'll need to move quickly if you want to attend because there's limited capacity. So register now, if you like, at tiny.cc slash NPCAI. That's tiny.cc slash NPCAI. And by all means, send your questions for Anastasia and the other panelists in advance by email to health at chronicle.org. So we'll see you all live on April the 19th. And until then, thank you for listening. If you've got questions for Anastasia, and I'll bet you do, she will answer them during the NPC webinar on April 19th at 11 a.m. 
Just send an email to health at chronicle.org. And remember to register for this free event at www.pharmacongress.info. We always invite your comments about today's conversation. And if you happen to attach your question as a voice clip, you might just become part of a future episode. We hope you enjoyed today's NPC podcast. If you did, please like it, rate it, recommend it, and make a point of sharing it with your network. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, or, to keep things simple, just ask your smart device to play the National Pharmaceutical Congress podcast on Audible, Spotify, Amazon Music or TuneIn Radio. The NPC podcast is presented in cooperation with Impress, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. Check them out at www.impress.com. And me? I'm your faithful announcer, Leona Void. This podcast was produced by Jeremy Visser, with help from Christella Tello-Ruiz. Research for this program came from John Evans. The musical theme is performed with attention to every detail by the NPC Podcast Orchestra, under the direction of maestro Julia Louise Milbrook. We'll speak again soon.